raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Seal show is Thursday, October 12th. Oh my god, the year is flying by. It's gonna be Easter next. Oh my god, really for a second was like, is it gonna be Easter next week? Like, no, it's gonna be Easter next week. That's how fast everything is going. But it is actually, it is Thursday. It is not Easter, it is not pro, it is not uh Passover, it is it is not Good Friday, it is group chat Thursday. That's where we are. We're a group chat Thursday. We're gonna have a group participation conversation. Uh, is being a workaholic problematic? You know, uh I don't know if y'all even know what a workaholic is, but we're going to get into it. And Idris Elba actually said that he is getting therapy for being a workaholic. He's an actor. He's a DJ. He a husband. So he got so much going on. He's also a black man, even though sometimes he likes to not attach that to the things that he does. But I will I will do it. I will do it. So that is a whole other job, being a black man in England, I'm sure. Um, but all of these things, he said, I've got him just ramped up into being a workaholic and he needs to go to therapy to work on it. So I said, you know what? Let's talk to all y'all, the people about this because here in America, we know being a workaholic gets really like applauded on a regular basis in a way that I don't think is necessarily good for us. So we're going to get into that. We are also going to talk to Joe Claire. Yes, Joe Claire is going to be joining us and he is going to be talking about the, the Rap City documentary I'm very excited that this is coming out because I'm somebody that grew up on Rap City and would run home to see who was going to be on Rap City. And so we're going to get into that as well. Last but not least, I want to remind y'all that today is National Savings Day. Black folk, y'all know we need to be saving up to move out this country when the time comes. Okay, so shout out to Ghana and Belize and wherever else everybody's looking. I heard the elders, the elders is looking at Portugal, okay? And I want y'all to know that in a lot of these places, there are whole black communities that are like, come on, come on, y'all. We've already set things up and we want y'all to come through. So don't let this America keep your blinders on, all right? And uh, from our Creole and Crazy friends, it's also National Gumbo Day. I've seen some skeptical gumbos on this internet, so I don't think everybody should be calling what they do in gumbo. But when it's right, it is delicious. So shout out to all of my uh, Louisiana folks down in uh, New Orleans and Baton Rouge. All right. Now, let me tell you all something. Everybody and their mama really does think they can make gumbo. I'm not I'm not exaggerating by this. OK, but it's about the roux. OK, the roux. Do y'all even know how to spell roux? You got to get the roux right or else it's going to be all wrong. All right. We don't know. We don't want no wrong roux. We only want right roux. And uh, if the gumbo does not have okra in it, I think a lot of us would agree that that's not actual gumbo. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to take the gumbo out. I'm going to take the okra out the gumbo, but it still needs to be in the gumbo. Okay. There's that. I don't like the texture. 
I know, I know. All right, we're celebrating 50 years of hip-hop. Like I said, Bill Claire's joining us. We also want to hear from you because you're joining us right here on a group chat Thursday. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. You can chime in on any of our topics and we love to hear from you. We'll be right back. We're getting things started on this group chat Thursday. This is the Amanda Seal Show. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. It's the Amanda Seal Show. Check this out, On man. Thursday, we group chat. It is what everyone's talking about. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, and we have uh, Rhapsody Royalty with us in the building. Yes. Thank you. I just thank love you, that, I could, that I could just like be like, oh, we're Rhapsody Documentary. We want to talk about it. I will just hit your Claire. Boom. And, 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 and you did. And I'm, I'm psyched that, that Amanda Seals hit me for it. I'm like, ah. So, <laughs> psyched. We have DC in the building. Yes, I'm psyched. DC in the building. <laughs> So we uh, we're all excited about the Rap City documentary uh, because there, it was a time, you know, it was a time, it was a time. and we we I feel like we moved on from that yeah, time, but not to necessarily better times though. Uh, so we'd love for you to just kind of give us some insight into the documentary first and foremost. So um, you know, it came about about a year ago. They started asking about if this was something that they thought was a good idea. I got a couple of phone calls and then I saw it sort of take shape. And I thought it was super dope that they wanted to chronicle the entire show. Um, Most people who are in hip hop culture nowadays know either Les and me or Tigger and forget Mm -hmm. about Chris, Prince DeJour and Prime or forget about Q45, Mad Lynx and Jay Nix. And so this, yeah, yeah, see? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so this documentary shows everybody and it shows how Rap City came about, why we needed a show like Rap City. Um, it talked about how each of us got there, how each of us became the host of Rap City. I can't wait for y'all to hear my story. That comes on tonight, Ew. actually. And um, and it's really dope because you get insight into things. I didn't know that there was a beef between 106 and Park and Rap City. But I didn't either. I, had, I was gone at that time. I just that was the I hadn't gotten fired. Oh, let <laughs> yeah, I had go. Gotten fired. Yeah, let go was the we're moving in a new direction was the word that they used. And mm. because I had because I had been at BET my entire career, I know we're moving in a new direction. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, tell me the direction and, and what I need to do to get right. in that direction. And they was like, yeah, nah, I can we going up. that way. You go that way. Did it feel like when they went in a new direction, did you feel like that it made sense? Like in hindsight, does it feel, because I know a lot of us look at hip hop now, we're like, we don't even know what the direction is right now. Okay, for the culture, it didn't. For the game, though, it did. The rap Mm. game and then rap culture, the hip hop culture is one thing, and then the rap game is something else. And for 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 the game, yeah, Stephen Hill was coming from MTV. And so... He had to, he had a whole um, strategy thing that he, strategy that, and he's, let's let's keep it real. Anybody in a new position's got to get the points on the board. Stop putting points up on the board. And so you got to change your team up and all those other things. Was I upset at the time? Of course. You, because you didn't see this one coming, but this is the game that we chose. And so you roll with the punches. 
uh, uh, six months after being let go from Rap City, I started hosting Mad Sports. So I was like, all right, then, let's keep it pushing. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to keep it pushing when we get back. Uh, My folks right here on the team at the Amanda Seals Show got some more questions about Rap City and your experience and documentary and all that. So keep it locked right here at the Amanda Seals Show. We got Joe Claire in the building talking about the Rap City documentary, which you can see on BET. Is it BET Plus or BET Regular? Okay, on BET. So, you know, learn your history. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. It's your favorite comedian and common sense specialist, Amanda Seals. And I'm here with DC's own and Rap City (laughs) legend, uh, Joe Claire. And we are talking about the new Rap City documentary. Jeremiah, I knew you had something that you wanted to talk to him about. So this is your time. Yes, yeah, so Joe, like, you know, shows like Rap City, Warren Park, they were pivotal in, like, bringing rap music to, like, the forefront. But ironically, they, like, phased out once rap became the biggest genre in music. So what do you think, like, this generation of artists and, like, fans have, like, lost? That you, you guys, the people who are consuming our culture and our music nowadays are missing a gigantic piece of authenticity in that there were some gatekeepers for the culture with us. Mm. Like we 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 didn't we ain't let cornball go on. We right. just didn't. I, I won't. I'm won't, I'm trying not to cuss on here, uh, <laughs> but we we ain't let that cornball go on at all. And right. we were more about the music, the, the and doing it. I never interviewed anybody about who they beefing with. For me, that mm. was like that takes away from. That took away so much from what these artists were trying to accomplish in the long run that I didn't want to talk about that. I didn't. That, I'm, that's not. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for drama. I'm not here for. I'm here for your music because you made something that is going to live forever. Right. You know, one of the things we don't think about uh, for our music is that this music is going to be here once we gone. Just like we listen to bum 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 bum, <laughs> you know, from hundreds of years ago, somebody gonna when <laughs> when lean back come on two hundred years from now. It's true, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what 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 was what was making them do that? Because people that what that what this what we were able to do made people move. We also luckily live in a time where technology can chronicle what that was all about. But now it's getting mm-hmm. clouded by who you beefing with, how many children you got or don't have, mm-hmm. who you sleeping with, what's your mm-hmm. body count and all this other <laughs> stuff. And and for me, that's that's just not what I would do. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, that's that's trash or anything else. It's just not where my head is. And I wish that your generation didn't have as much of that in the the music reporting. Uh, Joe, Rita here. I Hey, Rita. Uh, I kind of came became familiar with you as a comedian. So I'm yeah. just curious, you know, music and comedy often intertwine. How did your experience in the Rap City sector inform how you approached uh, your comedian career, especially like your style? So so that's how I got the job, because my style was, yeah, listen, for everybody listening to the Amanda Seals show, when I come to your town, come see my show. Because yeah. I ain't like, it ain't like this. I'm not like Rap City on stage. <laughs> it's a whole nother thing. But when they, so they they saw that I could be a comedian and I had, I had some chops there. But when I knew everything about hip hop, that was the, the other mm. thing. So, so what most people don't know is I am a MC. 
I am a rapper. I still rap. I still make records. I have a song. Yes, I have a song out right now called Gone. G-O-N-E, Gone. And it's about how they always want the black man gone. Everybody be wanting the black man gone, but they wrong. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I talk about the black woman in that as well. And I produce. So I, I know it sounds crazy, but comedy was the job that I got so that I could be around the music that I love. Hmm. You see what I'm getting? And then comedy yes. started taking me places that I never imagined. I mean, like, we just had the DMV first ever uh, homecoming comedy festival. Donnell Rollins, myself, Tony Woods, Red Grant, and Tommy Davidson on one show. Wow. And Pierre all on one show with Yvonne Orgy as the host. Hi. All right. Well, that sounds like it was a lot of energy. Uh, for the DMV folks. Uh, when we got back, we just got a couple more questions. Remember, y'all, if you want to check out Joe Claire and the rest of the Rap City history, which is rich, okay? And y'all need rich. to check it out. Y'all need to check out the Rap City documentary on BET. It is available now. We'll be right back with more with Joe Claire. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. Y'all know that I am a hip-hop head to the fullest. We have been celebrating 50 years of hip-hop all year long here at the show. And uh, we continue that today while we are shouting out the Rhapsody documentary that Jess dropped on BET. And we have got one of Rhapsody's originators, Joe Claire, here yep. with us. Talking about, you know, just the doc about the t- about the time. It was a time. It was a it time. It was a time. And uh, we got the team here with some questions. I know TJ. So TJ is our EP and she is also our resident elder. Uh, and so okay. I was like, you know, we, we got to have a, a vast array of representation in our interview with Joe. Hey, Joe, big fan. Okay, so back in the day, everybody loved music videos. And the music networks on TV, they actually play videos. They don't do that anymore. But do you think that the video, music videos today are still as important or relevant as they were to the culture and the success of a song back in the day? Uh, I think the the, the videos are uh, even more important today because it's, it's so much music out. I have to be mm. able to recognize you. Um I don't know if it's because I'm just an older person now, but everybody look alike. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say this. And then the, and the women, I, I don't, I, you know, you have to have something distinct. I'm glad Glorilla looks like Glorilla because I can right. tell Glorilla as soon as I see her. You know what I mean? I can pick her out. So I think that the video is extremely important. And for the way that we consume music nowadays, you got to have some kind of visual to go along with it. But I don't think that they go as deep as we used to. If they turn in the videos that they are doing now, back then, you would have to reshoot that video. My question for you is, what rapper that you met early on that you got to interview or had some type of interaction with kind of surprised you at how successful they became? Because you kind of looking like, mm, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> surprised. To, 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 to be quite honest, man, I got to be quite honest with you. Nobody, because my success shocks me every day. Mm. Like, mm. like, all right, so as soon as I finish this interview, I'm walking, I'm sitting in a conference room, but the newsroom is right, is 10 feet from me. I go and do the news every day here in Washington, D.C. Right. I never thought in a trillion, billion years I would be on the news in a news wow. town. 
My whole right. town is new. So I'm on the news. If you go back to Morgan State and ask any of my professors if I could be on the news, they going, <laughs> hell no, he can't be on the news. Well, thank you for chopping it up with us right here uh, about the BET documentary. Y'all remember, you can go check out the BET documentary on Rap City. Get your history. We talk about yes. gatekeeping here on the show today. Well, the reality is, is we need to not only gatekeep and protect, but we also need to know our culture, right? So it's therefore yes. you shout out to Joe Claire, who is a part thank of this you. culture and continues to be. And you all can go get that and know that you heard about it here at the Amanda Seal Show. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. We are we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seal Show, and it is time for Jeremiah Like the Bible to hit y'all with a Seal Show superlative. It is time for Most Likely to... All right, y'all. So today's superlative is most likely to not mess with no broke hitters, Amanda. You know, mm. as 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 one says in the hit, go digger. Um, so it goes to Mia Thornton. So those who don't know who Mia Thornton is, she's a housewife on the Real Housewives, Real Housewives of Potomac, and her estranged husband Gordon came out to say this about her. Let's take a listen. I do agree that Mia married me for my money and the, and the future that she thought I could provide. Yeah, I absolutely believe her leaving me now is tied to the fact that I don't have access to assets and my funds are limited at this point in time, that she now has access to funds. And this guy that she's seeing, she believes has access to funds. And I think she's leaving me for that reason. She's mentioned that they're gonna be buying a house together and doing businesses together and other kinds of things together, which tells me that the interest is based on monetary gain from the relationship. So I absolutely believe that she's leaving me because she sees an upgrade. Now, Amanda, mm-hmm. I know you don't watch The Housewives, but Gordon is a strong 71 years old, 70, 71 wow. year old man. And Mia, we don't know how old she is. She said she was in her 30s somewhere, but we do know that they met at a strip club to her oh. to, to her story where they wore gowns and sold lobster. That's what she said. Wait. Sorry. At a strip club that where they wore gowns. She said they wore gowns <laughs> okay. and served lobster. Just to tell you, it's a classy establishment. A hot place. Establishment. <laughs> but now he's saying that, you know, she was gold digging. That's the only reason that she said I do. That she went in for his money. And now she, he basically, she's leaving him. And she filed for divorce or separation to be with a new man who he gave, a, gave her a hall pass for, Amanda. He gave her a hall pass. And she Yikes. said she found her soulmate. And now, Dang. and you know they uh, mm. he basically said he basically said you know she's like she's been dishonest and all these different things. Now I don't know Mia, but I have seen the. You strip met club. her in a strip club. You met her in a strip club and then said that she wants you for your money. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's not like you met her volunteering at a dog shelter. 
And also, older men. Let's be, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real, Amanda. People like a little trophy wife. You know what you got? She not with I you. I was gonna because... say, yeah, he know what it was. So now, and you didn't like her for her personality. <laughs> Listen, what did they meet again? At a strip club with gowns and lobster. And lobster. Mm-hmm. Classy. And they're also on the show, they kind of talked about there was like just some, um, it was very unclear about the circumstances of people's relationship status when they met each other. I'll say that as well. Because um, mm, he also someone else? I can't remember if he was with somebody already or she was with somebody. Somebody, somebody was somebody. You lose them how you get them. You hear me? Listen, you lose them how you get them. So I'm just Let me tell you something. And I mean I mean that but just a side note, you lose them how you Go get them. Like Devon and I got on the phone and we was together by the next day and mm. he left and I ain't heard from him since. It's the same thing. You lose them how you get them. Quick to come, quick to go. Well, Gordon said he was blindsided when he brought the story to TMZ, which again, I feel like the writers were on the wall. You gave a girl a hall pass. She already was there under, you know, sketchy circumstances from the beginning. What should we expect, man? You know, I understand we all hurt sometimes. We all get hurt. You feel for the okie doke. You got your head slapped. But now you know you know who you married. So, you know. But shout out to Mia. She said, I ain't messing with no rogue dudes. I ain't doing it. I'm on to the that's next it. one. That's it. All right. Well, that's Where, the where is this strip club? <laughs> where is it? Rita's like, I would like some lobster and gowns <laughs> with my... <laughs> Classic. With my nakedness, <laughs> I would. With my lap dances, let me know off air where where is it. Give me the address. All right. We are tired. We are tired. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's in Potomac. So you know, head on up to the DMV. All right, that's your most likely to. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up. We up. We up. So close to the weekend. Everybody just take a very deep breath, but not on somebody because COVID is still real. COVID is still real. Okay. But just make sure you're breathing throughout the day. You know, we, we, we sometimes get all ramped up. Sometimes I'll have to like release my jaw because I'll realize I'm like clenching my teeth through the day. And it's like, sis, it's, it's just not that deep. It's not that deep. Uh, but pretty soon you'll be able to sit back and relax and listen to podcasts of this show wherever you get your podcast. So you can do that on the weekend. So I'm crossing my fingers for y'all to get through to that weekend point. All right. A lot of y'all celebrating your birthdays this weekend. Happy birthday to you. Also, happy birthday to the late Dick Gregory, an absolute legend and warrior. Uh, Erica Dixon, Hugh Jackman and Kirk Cameron. Now, maybe y'all don't know who Kirk Cameron was, but this is the thing. When there was... Uh, the, the sitcom era in the 80s. Kirk Cameron was one of the white boys that black people knew and that black people had crushes on, okay? And he had the curly hair and he was in the mix and his sister was Candace Cameron and she was on Full House. Kirk Cameron was on Growing Pains. Candace Cameron was on Full House. Kirk Cameron's father on Growing Pains was Alan Thicke, who is Robin Thicke's father, Okay. So you see, it all it all comes down to it. Side note, what happened to Justin Timberlake? Remember him? Did we did where where'd he go? Because I ain't seen Justin Timberlake around in a long time. 
Anywho, still coming up this hour, we have our favorite. Uh, it's Group Chat Thursday. We want to know, do you think being a workaholic is problematic? Does working all the time get in the way of your personal life? Or is it just a part of your life? Well, Idris Elba says he's getting therapy for being a workaholic. So much like a lot of folks, he feels guilty when he's not working and relaxing. Well, we're going to get into it. And y'all are going to call us up because I know y'all got thoughts on it. one 855 amanda 8 That's one 262 It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. It's the Amanda Seals Show. It's the Amanda Seals Show. Check this out, On man. Thursday, we group chat. It is what everyone's talking about. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, and it is group chat Thursday. Shout out to everybody out there mm-hmm. listening to the show uh, all my workaholics, what's good? <laughs> We're about to talk about you right now. Because our work, our group chat topic of the week is, is being a workaholic problematic? Now, Idris Elba says he works so much that he's in therapy. Let's take a listen. Damn. I'm an absolute workaholic. <laughs> and that isn't great for life, generally. Nothing that's too extreme is good. Everything needs balance. Mm-hmm. But I'm rewarded massively to be a workaholic to someone that can go oh I'm not going to see my family for six months I'm in there grinding and make a new family and then leave them you know those are pathways that I had to be like oh, I've got I've got an adjust I've got to adjust yeah I'm curious <laughs> though Jeremiah like the bible what do you think made him <laughs> well first there. of all you're laughing at his accent so yeah, it makes Stop. it so unserious it's, like, <laughs> it's a very serious topic but go ahead so, okay, before I even ask you that, let me just say this. I think that we add the aholic to things like mm-hmm. it's a joke, you know, like we'll be like, I'm a shopaholic, you know, I'm a workaholic, right. but it's a real thing. And the aholic mm-hmm. part is when things are not just done in excess, but when they are done to manage your anxiety. And that's mm. the key that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, a friend of mine was a sexaholic and he actually had broken down to me that it really isn't about like, oh, I have an obsession with sex. It was Mm. that, oh, I'm using sex to manage anxiety, which is unhealthy. And I think a lot of people do that with work because Mm. it's like Mm. they may get anxiety if they're still if they're sitting still too long or if they're Mm. by themselves too long, et cetera. Um, So, you know, you have to kind of ask yourself, like, is it is is the aholic attached to what I'm doing? Because I can tell you all I'm a shopaholic because I shop. (laughs) I definitely exercise retail therapy. That's definitely a thing. Um, luckily, I'm really I'm good enough about like managing my money that I don't put myself into a situation. But right, I will absolutely right. admit to that. Uh, what do you think? He didn't say this here, but what do you think could have been like the catalyst? Just to, just to just for some giggles that made him I mean, say, "Hmm." To go to therapy, that he's a workaholic. Well, both of it, and that. <laughs> I mean, I think as a black actor in Hollywood, I mean, you can speak to this as well. I think there is a level of what if my next thing doesn't come? I have to like constantly work to stay afloat because yeah. there's like the money of it all, the maintenance of your life. Also, you're Idris Elba. So people have a expectation of what mm-hmm. that means for you versus like a regular actor who just it has like a series um, recurring yeah. role. I think there's also just this element like, and it attaches to what you were saying that you can trick yourself into, you know, get basically living for others, mm-hmm. right? So it's like when he, when you said like, you know, I'm Idris Elba, it's like, 
that can be more so what people think of you and you trying mm-hmm. to make sure that you live up to that versus what mm-hmm. you think of you. It is mm-hmm. very liberating when you stop doing that. Let me tell you, because that's an, that's an epiphany that I had this year. But y'all been having epiphanies and y'all calling us up to tell us about them. So we're going to get into it. This is our group chat topic of the week. We asked you, is being a workaholic a problem? And y'all had answers. So we're going to get into it when we get back. The phone lines is one eight five five amanda 8 That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Amanda Seals Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals, your favorite comedian and common sense specialist. It's group chat Thursday. Today's group chat topic of the week is, is being a workaholic problematic? Let's go to the phone lines. Hey, Amanda, I know that the topic of the day is being a workaholic. I was just chuckling to myself because I will take my laptop to my twins' sporting events. So if Mm. my son has a football game, I will be up in the bleachers cheering him on with my laptop working. If my daughter has a basketball Mm. game, you guessed it. I will be in the bleachers (laughs) cheering for her with my laptop. I will work and get it done at the same time. So... Teen workaholic mom. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you see, to me, I don't know that that's considered a workaholic. Right. That just seems like a a really efficient multitasker. And you're a mom, so, like, you got to be able to do... To go all these kids' events and do work, you got to figure it out. So she, like, laptop gonna be here. But is she present, though? I think Mm. when when the work starts to disrupt family time and personal time because if we in the bed together and you on your phone <laughs> answering emails either right. i'm not putting it down or you got an issue you know what i mean so what about the being present part but you know what rita even if i'm not in the bed if i'm if i'm playing in the game i'm mad that mama on her computer and not watching the game. Uh-huh. but yeah, mama got to pay the bills to make sure she can pay for the, the game listen, listen. <laughs> see <laughs> These you know, <laughs> that's the thing, because then booster clubs be like, I want my money on time. I want my money on time. In so booster club that affects your playing time, by the way. If your mama <laughs> <laughs> if you don't pay right. money, you're going to be a bench rider. But that <laughs> but that's my question to you, Amanda. Do you think black people even have the privilege and maybe not even black people, just, you know, certain people of a certain status not even have the privilege of not mm. being a workaholic? Mm. Ooh, I mean, I know. And I think it's, it's kept that way, right? I mean, just the way we hear legislators talk about, and I, I, I need to make a point to stop calling politicians politicians. I need to call them lawmakers because y'all be really not realizing that these are not just people on CNN in suits. These are people deciding your life. But these lawmakers are the ones who be like, the poor need to stay poor. You know, mm-hmm. no, you need to keep working. How dare they, how dare they unionize? 
because, you know, unions are supposed to help support the laborers and say, right. you know, that there needs to be limitations to work. There needs to be mm-hmm. certain times for breaks. You know, there needs to be certain uh, benchmarks for raises, et cetera. And they're like, mm-hmm. ah, 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 no, no, y'all need to stay grueling and grunting. And so I think that there is a, by design a, st- a certain level of status that people have to get to, to be able to, you know, have the, the be able to say like, you know what, I'm going to be present. Um, I don't think my mom ever really got to be like, be present. Like mm-hmm. she was always having to work. Uh, mm-hmm. I am at this point in my life where I get to be like, you know what, I'm going to take some time to breathe. I'm going to take some time. And it's, been, it's, 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 it's been, but it's been a lot of work to get to that. Uh, we have another call. Let's, let's go into it. I have tapped out of working hard. Easy jobs lead to easy life. Gives me time and energy to focus on my passions and leisure. Working hard for me is a paradigm that only benefits the rich. Not everyone works Mm. hard to get the things that they want and need. Infinite energy means infinite Mm. resources. There's enough for everyone without having to grind for it. This is the the abundance mindset. So no work. (laughs) I hear her. I hear her. But I'm glad she put the caveat in there that not every job because some jobs actually yeah. do require a grind. <laughs> right, right. If you're my doctor, I need you to be grinding. <laughs> you're going to have to get through that, that medical school. I mean, I will tell you that I, and I mean, Rita, you're a comic. I, I feel like you agree with this too. Like, I wouldn't have been able to get to this point if I was on just like, yeah, abundance mindset. I'm going to do one set a week and everything will come to me. <laughs> yeah, no. You'll be trash. You'll just be <laughs> wet over my comic She's- for the rest of your life. Right. She said some of y'all are both uh, black female comics. So obviously, I'm sure you can look at some of your peers that aren't black or female and be like, oh, they just kind of walked through here and said a, a half funny joke and on a, a comedy special. That's an interesting I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, but I genuinely feel like I can't name someone off the top of my head that went that route. Okay. Like, I'm really trying to think. Um, I feel like it's in terms of comedy, there. like you, you, there's a general consensus of we're going to put you through it. Okay. Yeah. There's a general census in comedy. Like whether and especially if you're a woman, regardless, they're gonna put you through it. Um, so I don't know that I would apply that to comedy, but I definitely feel like particularly in the field of of the arts, like there mm-hmm. is a there is a kind of not, not I don't wanna call it a struggle or grind, like in a bad way, but there is a con, there's a regimen that has to be mm-hmm. employed for you to get employed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a regimen that has to be deployed for you to get employed. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. We got more from y'all on this topic. It's a group chat topic here. Is being a workaholic a problem? Andrews Elba said it got so bad he had to go to therapy. He had to go to therapy. I want to hear from you guys though. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up. We up. We up. I'm your favorite comedian and common sense specialist and recovering workaholic, Amanda Seals. We are in the midst of our group chat topic of the week. We asked y'all, the people, is being a workaholic a problem? Let's take it to the phone lines because y'all had thoughts. Hey, man, what's going on? It's Antonio from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm calling because uh, what was on my mind was um, I'm asking a question about is there a problem with me being an alcoholic? I mean, not an alcoholic, I mean a workaholic. Sorry about that. Uh, no, that's not a problem, being a workaholic. The reason why, because I like to work. I like money. I like overtime. So being a workaholic is not a problem for me. Hmm. Is he a workaholic in order to not be an alcoholic? Listen, he, he, I was like, wait, what's the topic of the week? I was confused. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to throw shade, but I really feel like that's what happens with a lot of us. Like we trade one addiction for another. Mm. Um, 
That's you know, like I know, like you'll see people that will become like super Christian, right? Because mm-hmm. they came out of an addiction. And they're like, all right, I'm now addicted to Jesus. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, there's, there's a over, there's like this over connectivity of something that you, it's like, you need, you need excess mm-hmm. in something in order to feel in purpose and in functioning. And it's a, it's a real thing. But um, he said, I'm not a workaholic because I like money and I like Listen. overtime. <laughs> That's a very like again, black man mindset though too. Black yes. man less than overtime. But you know what the other part of it too, for specifically with black men is that there's been so much of this, like you need to provide, you need to provide, you need to provide mm-hmm. that for a lot of black men is, and for a lot of black women who perpetuate this, it's basically like, as long as I'm working, I don't need to be present in any other way. Like, I don't need to have emotional stability. I don't need to have like peace. Like, I just need to make sure that I am always like grinding to the grindstone because that's my purpose. And I feel like that's a very white supremacist uh, ideology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just my thoughts. It is my show. All right, let's get into another one. Who got a, who got the calls? Hi, Amanda. My name is Tracy, and I was calling to answer the question, am I a workaholic? And is it a mm. problem? Yes and yes. See, I always oh, had a goal to retire early. And with doing that, I have to work a lot of hours. Right. And the problem comes in, I don't spend enough time with my husband and children. Mm-hmm. So I had to get a new goal. So my goal okay. for 2024 is to work less and spend more quality time with my family. Mm. I love that for her, though. Like, because she, she saw it, though. Now, I don't know if the husband was like, I'm putting my foot down, Sally. We ain't going to have no more. You not home because you working for the man. Not but the whatever man. it takes. Well, you know, my uh, dad actually worked with a lady um, who had this kind of mindset of like, you know, I'm working to retirement, working to retirement, never took time off. And oh, no. unfortunately, oh, she no. took, when she finally retired, she like passed away like a month later and oh, never like God. had time to experience life. You think about stuff like that because we're kind of taught like you know work get get work to retire work to retirement and yep. not like she said take time to spend time with your family or do whatever you want to do because we think there's this we have we have this other life afterwards and that's not always guaranteed unfortunately. That's well, why, why the government even get to determine what is the proper retirement age. You know, for, for like for us in the military, you know, you don't get access to your retirement funds until your 50s. You have to serve 20 mm. years. And it's like, but I did the work. Now I have to wait <laughs> for my money because it's a well, I can answer this for you. It's because it's a Ponzi. So they Ooh. they rob Peter to pay Paul. It's a Ponzi. No, for real. That's why they do that. Because if they were just paying out whenever you wanted to get paid out, they'd never be able to have the resources to do it. So everybody right. is paying into the pool. And that pool is paying out to other people, but it's a Ponzi, you know, because ultimately you should be able to take out what you put in whenever you want to, but you mm-hmm. can't or else they will not have enough to pay everybody. So that's why they do that. There you have it. Don't say I ain't teaching nothing here on the Amanda <laughs> Steel show. Yes, we'll be right back, which is why they're trying to say like, oh, social security is going to run out. Uh, Because there haven't been there haven't been enough people in jobs that pay into Social Security. There haven't been enough Social Security paid into to sustain it. However, if we were able to they said that if we were like able to like raise the minimum wage or and simultaneously uh, raise taxes for the rich, that this actually would be able to stay the uh, like stay Social Security running out. That's how I understood it. I could be wrong. And somebody's in their car yelling at me right now. And if you are. 
Call in and correct me. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. We'll be right back on The Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Amanda Seals show. It's Amanda Seals here. And uh, we have been in the midst of our group chat topic of the week. I love that y'all give us these phone calls for our group chat topics of the topics of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they, you know, it's how like they say, like America runs on Duncan. Like we run on your phone calls. Okay. <laughs> we run on your phone calls. So we appreciate you calling up. Uh, if you were listening to any of these calls about the topic of, are you a workaholic? Is being a workaholic like a problem? If you were listening to any of these calls and you were able to identify in yourself, like, ooh, maybe I am a workaholic, then I would still right. love to hear from you. One eight five five Amanda eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. I know Jeremiah, you you don't work that hard, but you were saying recently that you felt like you need to do more, like exploring America. Uh, I mean, not America, exploring California and, uh, you know, taking in the sites instead of just uh, being at, at home when you're not working. I'm screaming. I, I, I picture myself like in an RV. I was like, oh, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I think you're kind of like, especially like in adulthood, it's like you grow up, you're like, you're an adult, you go to work and you go home. But it's like, oh, and it's like, I think you have to kind of like really train yourself to not think about it that way, like very like. Home, work, home, and this cycle. Mm. There are other things as a part of adulthood that you let go when you grow up, like the things you do as a child. Like, what are the things that made you happy? What are the things that brought you joy? Because you weren't thinking about going to work or going home. Yes. Like, I'm going to go ride my bike. So, like, those little things. I think we did a group chat about, like, finding, like, those little glimmers in life, like those little moments to kind of help paint your full full portrait of a full life. And I was saying earlier, you know, the workaholic thing is not just about like, oh, I work hard. It's about why. Mm. Okay. Like if you're working hard because you have a goal in mind, right. And you're like, I got to, I want, you know what I mean? Like, I know that I got to hit the grindstone in order to get to this goal. Right. That's one thing. But I think some of us work so hard because we are dealing with an anxiety. You know, maybe that anxiety is like you mentioned earlier. um, Maybe that anxiety is that you feel like if you don't work, you're going to lose everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to lose everything. Uh, Maybe that anxiety is that if you don't work, you don't feel useful. Right. It's like everybody want to be useful, but don't nobody want to be used. Okay, Mm -hmm. like maybe 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 you work so hard because you don't want to be in silence by yourself because that feels like too Mm -hmm. much. It may Mm -hmm. feel lonely. It may feel like you're going to have to deal with yourself and that may seem scary. So there's a myriad of reasons why. Uh, someone is considered a workaholic and all of it attaches to if the work, the overworking is about something other than I'm working for this goal that has to do with work. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who definitely used to feel like if I'm not working, I I would feel like if I'm not working, my brain would like lose it. Like it would be like, I would go into like a depression, 
And it was like, what is this? Why is this? But I think it was because I work in a field where you're always getting it back. You know, mm -hmm. like you're getting the energy back. There, people are mm -hmm. there's they're affirming you. And right. if you don't have that affirm affirmation in yourself, then not having that feels like you're missing something. I mean, Ricky mm -hmm. Bell talked about it uh, in New Edition document in the New Edition uh, special where he was like he ended up on drugs because after they stopped performing all the time, he realized right, he was yeah. missing, you know, this thing and this this adrenaline that his body was addicted to from performing. Right. So yeah, it's a real thing. Move. It's a high. Oh, I mean, wait. listen. <laughs> Because yes, <laughs> what? Well, I didn't mean it's like high. It was like a double entendre. I mean, like high. Level uh, energy. I was like, what I miss? What I miss? But when it yes, came out, it sounded like the a, zen a, a zenith level, a zenith <laughs> yes. level. So that's one of our words. But Amanda, that we had back. <laughs> Amanda, I'm curious, how did you do the work to free yourself from this? Oh, I had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> okay, I had a nervous breakdown, and during that time, I really I was forced to like build up my confidence from the inside out. And it's not to say that I'm like, you know, fully cured per se, but I definitely don't look at outside validation for this in the same way that I used to. And I don't rely on it in the same way that I used to, uh, where it would feel like if I don't have it, I'm not like solid, you know? Um, and even when I do feel the pang of that, I can identify it and be like, oh, check that, check that, get center, gets like, get still, take some breaths. So but that was that. And I had to build up my confidence by doing affirmations, boxing, uh, be, being around just like good people that pour into me and uh, and also like monitoring what I'm taking in media wise. So those are those are those are my work. Those are my work. But thank you, Rita, for that question. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about gatekeeping. That's a term a lot of people throw around. Stop gatekeeping. Um, and we're going to get into it right here at the Amanda Seal Show on the group chat Thursday. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Today is Thursday, October 12th. And here's a little, did you know? It was on this day in 1901 that President Theodore Roosevelt officially changed the name of the president's residence at 1600. Say that 10 times fast. President's residence, president's residence, president's residence. It sounds like a Migos ad lib. Uh, he changed the name of the president's residence at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in D.C. from the executive mansion to the White House. Now, I still don't like either name because both sound like some sort of massa is involved. Uh, but, you know, we could change the name from the White House so that fewer problematic whites could dwell in it. How about the crib? The Chamber of Change. The Chamber of Change. Y'all have any names that you feel like the White House could be changed to? Jeremiah, like the Bible? Any ideas? Rita, any ideas? Um, I like the crib. That was actually a really good one. And I think the crib? <laughs> The crib. That was, that was my I idea. feel like they bomb in the crib, y'all. It's called a crib. They're like, oh, we know exactly what to do. Uh, the spot. But also, it can't be the crib because, you know, babies don't have a lot of rights. I mean, that could, I oh. don't know. Ooh, <laughs> but I'm trying. Where's, yeah. where's my, where's my. <laughs> hey, Thank she's you. a comic. <laughs> I'm here all She's day. a comic. Still to come, we're going to discuss 
Black people and gatekeeping. All right. First of all, what is gatekeeping? Could it benefit black people the way it benefits white people? We're also going to get into Jeremiah's, uh, Jeremiah like the Bible's most likely to. All right. Now, don't forget, if you miss any of the show, you can listen to our daily podcast available everywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to listen, laugh and learn. It's the Amanda Seal Show. Hey, everybody. I hope y'all are having a good one. If it's mediocre, I hope it gets better. If it's trash, well... The day's almost over. Uh, tomorrow's another opportunity for a better outlook on whatever you're going through. And I hope that we're going to get you to not think about that for the next few hours. All right. We're in the middle of a group chat Thursday. And this topic is about black people and gatekeeping. But first we have to discuss, okay, what is gatekeeping? So let me break it down. Similar to debt, uh, gatekeeping can be a good thing and a bad thing depending on who got the key okay Mm -hmm. that's to me what it is who got the key now i feel like we have to acknowledge that when we're in a white supremacist nation like the united states of america for the most part the gatekeepers are those who have the most money and the most power Mm -hmm. and those are like rich white people (laughs) that Mm -hmm. is who ends up having the most keys to the gates right and that ends up trickling down to like a number of different areas like People were really upset about Ticketmaster and Live Nation (laughs) because when they came together, they became the gatekeepers of Mm -hmm. where people can perform, where artists can perform. Mm -hmm. And they became the gatekeepers of audiences getting tickets. Right. Right. It became like a monopoly. And I know a lot of us as artists, we were just like, so... Basically, if if they're going to partner and Live Nation going to run all the venues, then that means that we can only do shows with them, even if we Mm -hmm. don't like their policies, even if we don't like how they handle business. And that is a frustrating scenario with a gatekeeper. On the flip, for Black people, Jeremiah, like the Bible, we talk about this all the time. Like, we should be gatekeeping our culture. Yes, Okay. When y'all keep inviting folks to the god dang barbecue. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Don't do it. <laughs> you know, when y'all keep telling folks, yeah, um, you can say the N-word. No. <laughs> that one. Child. No, I, my favorite ones, they say, well, we say it, so they should be able to say it. That's that's my favorite one. Because what are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, what are you talking about? And, you know, um, we actually do a quote in the uh, Smart, Funny and Black show. We do a quote from um, Marcus Garvey and he talks about this in this quote. And I always have the audience read it together. He says, Mm -hmm. we must canonize our own saints, create our own martyrs and elevate to positions of fame and honor black men and women who have made their distinct contributions to our racial history. And what he's saying there is that like, we must do that. Right. <laughs> like as us, like us as a people, we must do that. We must not be looking to the white folks to do that. We got to do that for ourselves. So that is the definition of gatekeeping. Um, I think when it comes to black folks doing it, it is for the preservation of culture that has been commodified, right? Mm-hmm. That has been mm-hmm. appropriated, et cetera. I think when it's done in the context of whiteness, it is to keep folks out and keep folks from being able to ascend to right. gain equality, right. et cetera. That's why, like, when we look at this Fearless Fund, them sisters who have the Fearless Fund dedicated to getting grants and, mm-hmm. and giving grants out, like little $20,000 grants to, to black, black women business owners, um, mm-hmm. with this white man, Edward Bloom, coming to say, like, oh, 
you know, this is discrimination. It's like, okay, hold up. But you're a gatekeeper. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> like we have not had access in the way that you have. We're over here saying that we're going to dedicate our energy to giving access to these women. And you over here trying to tell us, nah, you better open that gate for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Well, they're like, trying to hop the gate. You're trying to have folks hop the gate. Uh-uh, I'm keeping the gate closed. You're trying to have people get into the building? No, no, we don't like it. A mess, a mess. But uh, we're going to talk more about this when we get back. It's deep, y'all. It's deep. Keep it locked right here to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey, y'all, it's the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, and it is Group Chat Thursday. Okay, so we're talking about gatekeeping this hour. The idea of protecting culture or protecting spaces. Um, I was saying before that I feel like whenever that's done in regards to like specific cultures, you know, like how like you'll have like, Native uh, Native people of America will be like, stop wearing our garb to Coachella. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like stop wearing, uh, what's it called? Stop wearing um, headdresses Dresses. like it's an outfit, you know, like for Halloween. That is gatekeeping. That's protecting a culture because it is not being respected by those who right. are utilizing it. Right. Um, but I feel like when it's done in the reverse, in the in the preservation of white supremacy... It's done to keep people out so that they don't have access to power to act. They don't have access to access. <laughs> There's that. I want to hear from y'all, you know, here at the show. Like, what are some things that you think black people should be gatekeeping more? I mean, our definitely language, our language, our, power, our, language our words, this AAVE, especially because like, we're in such a global society now with um, social media and people, obviously cultures always borrow from each other, but you can really see like with, particularly Black American culture, it's taken and stripped, but taken and stripped and devalued at the same time, which is, I think, is the biggest problem. It's never like, we're taking this thing and we're going to give honor and reverence to this culture. It's like, no, we're taking this, we're going to commodify it, and at the same time, demonize you for doing the same exact thing, which I have a a big problem with. I agree. Um, I think we need to gatekeep our, our power um, I think, you know, for what it's worth, we really give it away. We've been tricked into thinking that having access to white spaces is equal mm-hmm. to us having strength and unity. Um, so we'll we'll look at like individual access as more valuable than like communal access, like communal okay. strength. Um, and so that for me is a brainwash. Like that's to me something that I wish we were better at gatekeeping. I feel like we also have a lot, we tr- we have a big struggle at gatekeeping because we don't even have a shared consciousness about who to let in the gate, mm. right? Like as black people to see us be like, oh, well, yeah, black, but not 
Not them, though. Black, right. but not gay people, though. Black, but right. not non-Christians, though. Black, but not um, trans people, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like there's there seems to always be caveats about who we're deciding should be behind or, or protected by, I should say, by our gate. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's something we were missing. I think, too, we can gatekeep our skills. Our, and um, when you think about athletes, high school athletes, mm. deciding what college that they're going to go to. When mm. you get a number one player in the country to go to an HBCU, all that comes with that at that HBCU. And our HBCUs probably would do better if more talent would go there and bring, like Jackson, uh, Jackson State University when Deion Sanders was there coaching, right. all that they benefited from just because he was there for a few years. But they didn't protect him. That's true. Yeah. You know, like, like that's the thing, like that's the that's the honor space. That's the space that we have to honor. We have to mm. honor these spaces as like, I, w- I guess what I'm trying to say is like, we have to feel like it's an honor to protect these spaces. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Like, I think not enough of us treat it like, now nah, we got to make sure that prime, the coach prime is good <laughs> because mm-hmm. this means something, you know, I think a lot of times like we lose sight of that and then it ends up being, you know, us being like, dang, now they over there. Oh well, next time. I mean, you did that with the talent too. Go ahead, Rita. I I do think as Black people we need to gatekeep our excellence because we just give it away, and it goes to that point. Uh, what Amanda was saying is like, oh, okay, if I'm succeeding individually, then that's good enough. It is not good enough. You no. know, I I do like the fact that Ice Cube started the Big Three. Uh, you know, because yeah. and the thing that bothers me the most is when you hear NFL, they are owners. To me, that is intentional. NFL owners, who 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 is it that you own? Who are these players answering to? And the 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 situation that always comes to mind for me is the Kaepernick thing. Like, if all those black athletes had just decided to be in solidarity with him for that one time, if we had just gate kept our power for that that one time and just stood in solidarity with him, I think it would have been a different outcome. But too many individuals were like, "Nah, man, I ain't. You know, I want to get paid." They they just didn't see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And, they didn't see and I'll it. say this too, Amanda. I think sometimes when black people get to a certain level, we may start to gatekeep information because we are afraid that if Mm. we share too much information within the community, then we're going to be replaced. And to me, that Mm. is problematic. Black Mm. people shouldn't be gatekeeping from black people. Which is why we do things I learned this week because I really believe like that right there. I believe in that, that people really be gatekeeping info and that is not helpful to any of us. Uh, When we get back though, you know what's not helpful? When we be doing gatekeeping too much, like with that AKA shirt and the seven-year-old. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. It's the Amanda Seal Show. I'm Amanda Seals here, and we have been talking about the concept of gatekeeping. All right, folks be saying, nah, you can't come through. Okay, nah, right. you could, you could. It's basically like the bouncer at the club. Except when right. it comes to access to resources, to money, mm-hmm. et cetera. And we were saying that, you know, of course, white people love to gatekeep because they're like, no, 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 no. You can't come in here. We're, we're, we, we, we don't we don't allow any more blacks. We've already got one. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a real thing. But then as black folks, like there's certain things that we should be gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. However, do we feel like there are scenarios where the gatekeeping goes wrong? Particularly yes. when it comes to black folks. Because I think there's some people that feel like, no, there is no situation. <laughs> but I believe that the scenario with the AKA shirt and taking it off of the seven-year-old at school 
I think that was a scenario where the gatekeeping is just going a little bit too. I think it's going too far. I think it's, yeah. I think it's losing sight of the purpose <laughs> of the gatekeeping. Right, right. Um, I think too when you like begin to ostracize or exclude other black people, because obviously last break, um, Rita talked about you never want to gatekeep information from other people in the community. So we get to mm-hmm. the point where it's like, well, this group of people, whether that be from socioeconomic status, we live in a certain neighborhood, we went to this certain school, we get to get this information as access, but you don't because you don't meet this criteria. I think that could be very damaging for the overall health of the community. I agree. I agree. And I think, um, you know, there's also something to be said for like what can go better, you know, if we mm-hmm. learn the power of gatekeeping. And I think mm-hmm. the ultimate thing that will improve is just our ability to move as a community to create change within a system that still d- oftentimes does not even want to recognize us as a community. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when I talk about voting, what I'm saying is not I, I think sometimes people misrepresent that when I say voting, I don't even necessarily mean that every time you vote, your vote's going to count because I'm not dumb enough to think that this system is going to work and recognize this all the time. But what it does is it starts to build the community and the camaraderie within us that says like we're we're moving as a unit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we when people say like, well, that's why I'm not voting, I'm like, that's counterproductive, though, because that means that you are removing yourself from being able to have a say. Uh, When you vote, you have a say. So the more of us that vote is the more of us that have a say and it makes our voice, in my opinion, it makes us louder and it makes us uh, be able to say that, okay, the closer we get in this, the the, the tighter we get, now we are able to be true gatekeepers because we're all on code. That's the part that's missing, I think, for a lot of (laughs) folks with the gatekeeping. They don't know the code to the gate. They don't know the code to the gate. And there is a code. And the code is, you know, you, you, if if your advancement is is more important than everybody else's, mm-hmm. um, and you're and you're willing to put everybody out just for you, mm-hmm. you are not on code. Nope. Like that's 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 the definition of a sellout. That you have been bought. <laughs> mm. Okay. Let's all get on code, all right? That's it for this group chat this hour. Uh, we got Jeremiah like the Bible would most likely to when we get back. Shout out to all my gatekeepers out there. Stop inviting people to the barbecue just because they can wobble. All right. Ooh. Stop inviting white people to the barbecue just because you saw them properly seasoned chicken. It requires far more than that. Okay. We don't want just allies. We need co-conspirators. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. Keep it locked. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. seals and it has been a group chat thursday let's get into the word of the day the word of the day is confection confection Mm. like like sugar like a confectionery something with sugar and like creating uh i think of like sugar a confection is a noun confection Um, is a noun um a noun so it's a person place or a thing um, a substance made of sweet or sugary material. 
you know what i think that's right i think affection does have to do with like um like uh i i see like an amusement park or something like that with like um cotton candy stand that's confection. right that's the right. i was trying to think of that cotton candy yeah stand. yeah yeah okay you're right confection okay. usually refers right. <laughs> to a sweet prepared food made to be eaten as a treat now this i didn't okay. know it can also refer to the act or process of confecting something so in other words preparing or assembling it so you know oh, okay. the fact that like we get on a call before the show in order to confect it and I'd never mm, heard of it in that it. context. So there's that. Uh, coming up this hour, we got Ivy Knowing. Y'all, I, I don't have to do much confecting for this Ivy Knowing because I've been watching folks on this internet for the past week doing a whole lot of talking about that which they don't know about. And I got to get into it. All right. So keep it locked right here. We also got 60 second headlines. We love to hear from you. 1 855 Amanda 8. That's 1 855 262 6328. Time to listen, laugh, and learn. It's the Amanda Seals Show. Hey, y'all, welcome back. It's the Amanda Seal Show, your favorite comedian and common sense specialist. And um, it is time to get into a... I be knowing. This week, we learned of the uh, Hamas-launched attack on Israel uh, that was in response to the 80 years of uh, apartheid and and just overpowering and taking of land, et cetera, et cetera, from the Palestinian people. And I have seen so many people who literally preface their video with, I don't really know much about this topic. Um, so, you know, I can't really speak to that, but, and then they do a five minute video speaking about basically their insights on something that they don't know about. And I just want to tell all y'all out there, just because people are talking about something doesn't mean you need to be talking about something, particularly if you don't know what you're talking about. I had to call uh, my homeboy and was like, hey, bro, like if you admit that you don't know what you're talking about, why are you doing a whole video speaking to that point? He said, well, I think it's silly to expect people to not talk about something if everyone's talking about it, especially if they don't know all the details. And I was like, do you hear you? It's not silly. It's responsible. Now, see, when Israel attacked the Al-Aqsa Mosque in, uh, in Palestine back in 2021, there was again an ex, you know an, an explosion of people talking about this on the internet and people who know that I'm a social justice advocate were very upset that I wasn't speaking on it but I said I don't not know enough about this yet to speak on it I don't know enough about this yet to speak on it and so I had to do my due diligence you know my stepmother is Palestinian my sister is very very culturally Palestinian as much as she is black and so I I was able to speak to a number of people like Mark Lamont Hill uh, sorry, Dr. Mark Lamont Hill, who are very well um, learned and researched on this topic. I, that we also have the internet at our grasp. So I was able to really do a deep dive and get a get a consciousness around this. Also understanding that I'm building that on top of a consciousness I already have, right? I'm already well-versed in the fact that we live in a colonialist, imperialist world. I'm well-versed in the fact that we have a media that is white supremacist. And I'm well-versed in the fact that there's been many efforts to um, mar the view of Arab people over the world. Never forget that during the pandemic, was it during the pandemic or was it before? But never forget that during Trump's presidency, he literally banned Muslim people <laughs> from this country. So I just want to remind people of that. So with those, like with, with that knowledge, I'm able to then gain 
new knowledge. And I'm not starting from scratch because I'm, pl- I'm able to plug it in to what I already know. So when you hear about something that people are talking about and you don't know about it, I want to encourage you all to, to go and do your research, knowing that you're, I, it may seem daunting, but you're not starting from scratch. You do have a consciousness that's been already present. And this world is all through that consciousness. There is no part of this world that does not exist through that consciousness. That's what intersectionality is. Shout out to Professor Kimberly Crenshaw. So everybody who is thinking today, like today's the day that I'm going to do my post about Palestine and Israel that has absolutely nothing of information related to Palestine and Israel, but it's literally just me trying to make sure that I look like I'm a good person. Just stop. Just give yourself a break. Pause, baby, pause. You don't need to feel compelled to do it. What you should be compelled to do is research. And anybody who tells you that this in, that this issue is complex is not being honest with you because it is not complex. That is a language that is being used to discourage you from learning more about it, to speak up for or against it. All right. Keep it like right here to the Amanda Seal Show. That's been another I Be Knowing. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. This is the Amanda Seals Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals. We've been getting lots of calls on all of our topics because it is a group chat Thursday and we're going to take it to the phone lines one more again. Who's on the line? Hi, Amanda. Old school rap is always going to be the best. Um, and I agree, they need mentors. But I watched the BET Hip Hop last night and I saw people's faces when some of those rappers were rapping. It's too graphic. They just talk about any and everything, calling everybody a fee, a hoe, um, what they're doing to the person. What? Can some things be personal? Can you leave some to the imagination? How? Come on, rap about my Adidas. Thank you. Sis, same. I felt the same way. I was like, what is happening? What is happening? There was a lot. There was a lot. Also, there was a lot of like folks thinking they really like ate down with their performance. And it was like, not really though. Yeah. It was on there. You had a mic, but (laughs) I did like the so-so death tribute though. That was a good little, a hodgepodge of like hits from the early 2000s. Okay, I got to check that one out because I did I did miss that one. So, um, oh, but shout out it. to Sis. I agree. Old school rap will always be hitting. And you know what's funny? At this point, there's like phases of old school rap. Because there's like, are we talking old school rap like Slick Rick and Dana Dane? Mm-hmm. Or are we talking old school rap like NWA and Tribe Called Quest? Mm-hmm. And then are mm-hmm. we talking old school rap like Jay-Z Hard Knock Life Volume 1? Yeah. Or I'll say, I'll even take it to volume two because that was like 99. Because some people might say that DMX is old school rap. Really? Oh my God. I mean, I guess it's all right. What, what you <laughs> that hit me. Life. That hit me right there. DMX is old school rap, y'all. Wow. Oh, ain't no way you gonna zap my flow. Ain't no way. <laughs> juvenile is, is old school rap. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm gonna be a. Oh, wow. All right. See, I'm in a room with a, and the whole don't want, see, but when we do that though, we're like, oh, we wasn't doing much better with the talking about things. Yeah. Keep it a bug. All right. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back with 60 Second Headlines. Don't go anywhere. It's the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. 
Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, your favorite comedian and common sense specialist. And it is time for Jeremiah Like the Bible to hit y'all with some 60-second headlines. All right, first up. Ten cities are now considering reparations to atone for slavery and structural racism. But local governments are at different stages of the process that has stalled federal federal levels in most states. I mean, that's... uh, I'm not surprised by either part. (laughs) I'm glad that we are... Like moving on considering, but I'm not surprised that they're stalled out. Okay. Uh, according to the Department of Justice, members of a Florida family, Amanda, who claimed they had a quote unquote miracle cure for COVID 19 that contained a toxic bleach, were sentenced to federal prison. Are we going to also put the people in prison who believe that? Because you should be in prison for stupidity. Mm, you know, what? lock them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness also Lotto you know the rapper from Atlanta recently visited her alma mater Lovejoy High School during homecoming and donated $35,000 to the school okay I'm gonna just I'm gonna leave that $35,000 yeah you know help the kids out a little in bit. this economy that is gonna buy some <laughs> eggs <laughs> Barely. Um, also, Walgreens pharmacy staffers around the country staged walkouts this week over work conditions. Everybody is over it. Everybody. I'm. I'm actually glad that I'm at. C- that there's a CVS by my house because that's <laughs> wild. Walgreens named a new CEO as pharmacy staff are concerned that working conditions are putting employees and patients at risk. I'm not surprised. Everybody's at risk. It's it's a whole mayhem time, and I, you know, it's not going to stop unless we keep on going. So shout out. And uh, union solidarity to the folks at Walgreens. Yes. And last but not least, Shonda Rhimes is set to produce a documentary about the creation and cultural impact of the original Black Barbie from Mattel. Ooh, we love that. I love a Black Barbie, y'all. I have all the Black Barbies. All right. So I'm going to definitely be watching that. Shout out to all of y'all for joining us for another 60 Second Headlines. We'll be right back to get on out of here at the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Thursday. Amanda Seals. I'm heading out. We had a good one. We had a lot going on today, man. Shout out to Joe Claire. Joe Claire joined us uh, to talk about the Rap City documentary and, you know, just share with us his experience. And y'all had some real great questions. Shout out to the whole team here at the Amanda Seals show who definitely came through with the with the Q&A. Um, we also talked about for our group chat topic of the week about being workaholics and the nuances of gatekeeping. I know some of y'all may have heard that term, but you're not sure what it's like exactly about. So definitely make sure you check out the podcast uh, to catch that. We also had Jeremiah's looks likely too. And then I hit y'all with an IB knowing because I'm really tired of watching folks all week on this Instagram talking about things that they don't know about. And people thinking they're making like these hot takes. And it's like, this just means you don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, we got all of that for you wherever you get your podcast. Because if you miss any part of the show, you can check it out wherever you get your podcast. You can also check out the latest edition of my podcast, Small Doses. We have side effects of family business with Kevon stage and his wife Melissa and uh, you can check out the visuals of that premiering today on YouTube at 4pm Pacific 7pm Eastern alright remember to keep them calls coming in and to follow us on social media at Seals Said It we'll be back tomorrow with a fun day Friday right here at the Amanda Seals Show remember we are each other's business when we look out for each other we lift each other up peace out Amanda Seals Show we up we up we up Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.